you've not met me before, my name is Pastor Aaron, and I get to lead uh, the church with Rachel, and uh, we have a lot of fun together, a lot of hard work as well, and we are in the middle of a series uh, called the 10 Series, and how we're called to live differently as we're going to go through the Ten Commandments. Uh, and last week we covered the first two, that God is number one, no other gods and no idols. You know, and just I'm sorry, last week I got the golf clubs out uh, and I kind of pitched the golf ball, but it was a training golf ball and I failed to tell you that. So if I cause anybody unwanted distress uh, as a result of that experience, I can only apologize uh, for that. And um, we're just kind of getting into what are the laws really all about, what are the Ten Commandments, and it's really key that we understand when God says, I will be your God, you will be my people, I will put my laws in your heart, God is saying, I'm going to place my identity, my character, and how you live in you as a community. So the Ten Commandments are very much about the identity of God. They're also about the 40-60 split, which means four of the ten relate to how we connect with God. The first four relate to our relationship with God, and the last six relate to our relationship with each other. It's really important that we understand that. If we know God, we know who we are, and we know who we're called to do and to be. When we understand God is a God of justice, we understand why we need to do something about that, why we are candle of light to this generation. When we find darkness, we bring light into it. And so this week, we go to Exodus chapter 20 and verse 7. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. So just kind of run for a few translations just to let you know. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord. Do not use my name for evil purposes. So in vain, misuse, wrongful use, evil use. When we're talking about the name of God in vain, that's what we're going to start exploring. But I thought it'd be good to ask somebody a question of what that actually means. Uh, So Louis, come and join me. Anybody ever seen Who Wants to Be a Millionaire on TV? So Louis, come and stand here. (laughs) So Louis, great to see you. How long have you known Jesus? Um, Just under two years. Great. So, uh, wow, Brad Ruby. (laughs) And you've not seen this question? No, no idea. Hang on a minute. We can't do this too long because it will cut us down on the feed, doesn't it? Anyway, you'll know the tune. Right, question. What does it mean to not take the name of the Lord your God in vain? Is it A, you don't swear or blaspheme? Is it B, you don't make a false oath? Is it C, you don't misrepresent God? Now you play. Or is it all of the above? Um... I think I'm going to have to ask the audience, Aaron. Wow. <laughs> right, okay, audience. So, okay, if you think it's A, then put your hands up now. If you think it's B, don't make a false oath, put your hands up. If you think it's C, to don't misrepresent God, put your hands up. Or D, all of the above. Okay, what's your answer going to be? D, final answer. Final answer, fantastic. (laughs) Give Laurie a round of applause. (laughs) 
So this is one of those things, actually, when, when the preacher tells you all the answers way in advance, you know. And so it is, that is the right answer, actually, biblically. It means all of that. And so when we go to the Hebrew, do not take the name of the Lord in vain. When take, we're talking about carrying God's name. We've actually reduced it to a verbal statement. And actually, the actual word is far, far deeper. And actually, he's saying to the people of God, you carry my name. You carry my identity. Do not carry my identity lightly. Do not carry who I am. Misuse me. Get me into the right areas. And when you make that distinction, wow, who feels challenged by that? Just that switch, isn't it? Because you're thinking, well, I don't take the name of man. Because when I hit my thumb with a hammer, I don't say the name Jesus out loud. So I'm okay. Actually, it means more. Don't make the name of God useless. Jews uh, were so religious about this, they wouldn't even say the word God. They could only use it once a year on the Day of Atonement when they were allowed to use it. They, they so held the name in respect that they hold it so, so tightly. And we need to start to realize that we're carrying God's name as the people of God. So let's kind of go them one by one. Don't use bad language. Didn't you know the Bible says that there is life and death in the power of your tongue? I don't know. You can speak life over people and you can speak death into people's lives. They're like a fire. We can set a fire, can't we? And that fire can be a good fire or it can be a destructive fire. I wonder if you've got the courage to go through your words that you've spoken this week. Did you know that we consume over 100,000 words a day, either read or heard? We read 50,000 words and we hear 50,000 words. We speak between 10 to 20,000 words a day, depending on your gender. <laughs> I didn't write this fact, by the way. I'm not, I'm not making any distinction nor comment into that. fascinating that words have power. And the words that we use make a real difference. James chapter 3 verse 5 says, the tongue, it's a small thing, makes grand speeches. A tiny spark can set a great forest on fire and the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire for it is set on fire by hell itself. Don't we hate the word of God sometimes? I just, I just like slightly worry when we read it. People can tame all kinds of animals and birds and reptiles and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It's restless and evil. It's full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who've been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. It's incredible how many words that we use. I don't know if you know what the number one word used in the Bible is. Anyone want to guess? 7,836 times this word is mentioned, so you should know it. That's one for every 21 times a day. Derek, no. <laughs> Blessed, no. Yes, it's, it's the Lord. It's the Lord's name is the most used word in the Bible. And actually, as much as the Jews were nervous about using it, it is recorded in our scripture. And so it is really, really important. Now, I kind of want to kind of give that illustration, by the way. Have you ever tried to get dressed in the dark? 
right? Because I don't know why we kind of do this, but we'll grab our jeans, you know, things like that, and then we'll do that, and we'll get one leg in fine. It's the second leg that's the problem, isn't it? You know, and you're doing it in the dark, and then you do this slight dance and a wibble, and who's ever lost their balance and either kicked a furniture or fell over? Come on. And who's ever hurt themselves when they've done that? And one of the words that's come out of your mouth at that point is not a good word or a healthy word. How many of you have been right religious in that and you've called out the name of God, you know, or Jesus, you know, or something like that in that time that actually comes out? And it's like it's God's fault. Have you ever hit you, hurt yourself? And it's like, oh, there's some that we went right. This is this has happened this week, by the way. This is this doesn't put me in a good light. And uh, we were painting at home, you know. And uh, during the midst of it, Rachel said, "Oh, can you just go and tidy the washing, pile it up, and then put it around in?" So I went and um, tidy washing. I put the piles. I walked upstairs, right. And bear in mind, we're painting up the stairs, and you know, on the landing and things like that. And I'm walking around, and I've got this big pile of washing in. And Rachel stood in my way, you know. So literally. <laughs> You read loads into that. There's nothing to read other than that. And so I said, I need to get by. So she didn't know which way to go. So I'm going into Beth room. So literally she moved out of the way. And as I turned the corner, I put my foot into a pot of paint. I was like, Rachel. She's like, why is that my fault? Right? And this is, this is my logic, by the way. This isn't putting me in a great light. I'll tell you this. It's number well, you asked me to do the washing. You put the paint there. You got in my way. You set me up to fail. And she said, well, why didn't you see us? I said, because I couldn't see it because I'm holding the washing. <laughs> it's not her fault. How many times will we use words and we blame God for something that we have caused? How many times actually will you blame somebody else? For something that you're doing, that there's something in our nature that actually we use words inappropriately and put the blame onto that, and we shouldn't do it. 2 Timothy 2 verse 16 says, Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to godless behavior. This kind of talk spreads like cancer. Who's ever been brought up in a home by which their parents have spoke terribly over their life? If you have, you'll understand the damage that does. You'll understand the scars. You'll understand the wounds. You'll understand the self-esteem. You'll understand your lack of confidence. You'll understand something in you because people have just spoken words in your life. Who's ever been bullied in the playground? We might be functioning adults, but we can still remember the day when that's happened. And actually, words are so powerful that they lead us. So when God is saying, do not take my name in vain, he said, I want you to understand the power of your words as created image bearers of God. And there's power in your words that you can actually cause damage or you can speak life over people's lives. So we are instructed to speak goodness out of the heart the mouth speaks. We're not defiled by what we eat. We're defiled by what comes out of us. And there's a process to us as human beings that actually we speak out of our identity. 
Okay? If you're hurt, hurt people hurt people. I don't know if you know that or whether you've been part of that. Inside, there's something that happens and that hurt bubbles up onto their lips and it speaks out. And then that, as we speak it out, it becomes our behavior. And we're driven by our identity that it then affects our words that then speaks over life. Now, if God is inside, if we've been transformed by the incredible news of Jesus Christ and we live for God and we know we're carrying him, that is good. That's blessing. That is life. That is hope. That is truth, but if something else is there, it is destructive. And as Timothy said, it spreads like cancer. 1 Peter 3 verse 10. If you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. I want us to make a decision this week. That actually, we're not going to speak bad words. We're not going to take the names Lord in vain. We're not going to swear or we're not going to curse. But actually, we're going to use our mouth to be good and we are going to speak good words. So no cursing, no swearing, no blaspheming, no irreverent use of God. We're going to use this to actually advance God's purposes. Can we make a decision to do that? The second thing is about false oaths. Leviticus 19 verse 12 says, Don't swear falsely by my name, and so profane the name of your God. I am the law. We shouldn't misuse the name of the Lord by swearing falsely. I swear by Almighty God, if you've ever given evidence in court, you may have sworn that. And I don't know if it's just because I watch too many courtroom dramas or I've actually sat in courtrooms and I've heard people say that and I've watched people butter wouldn't mate on their mouth and as a police officer and I've watched people lie in court and they've done it in the name of God. And it's like, you know the Jews, because they didn't use the name of God, that they, they would switch their oaths. So they, would, they wouldn't say, I swear by Almighty God, because that was kind of banned, in that they were, I would swear by heaven, or I would swear by his creation. And you know what that is? The, the Pharisees were fudging the issue. They were downgrading it. And actually, Jesus speaks into this, and he gives them a little bit of a rap. You'll see it in Matthew 5, verse 33. You've heard our ancestors say, you must not break your vows. You must carry out your vows and make them to the Lord. But I say, you don't make any vows. Do not say by heaven, because heaven is God's phrase. Don't say by earth, because the earth is his footstool. And don't say by Jerusalem, for Jerusalem is the city of the great king. Do not even say by my head, for you can't turn one hair of your hair white or black. Just say a simple, yes I will, or no I won't. Everything else is evil. It's a slap for the Pharisees because they were kind of going, okay, we're fudging it. We're not going to swear by God, but we're going to swear by God's creation. And actually Jesus said, here's the thing, as a created image bearer of God, what you say is what should be. So this week is a challenge. We should not make false oaths. We should speak truth. And can I just give a little things of that? Because that's not an excuse for you to be so cutting with other people. And you know, if your wife comes out and goes, does my bum look big in this? Uh, and you go, it is big. No, don't say that. <laughs> that will not do you any favors, isn't it? The Bible says we have to speak the truth in love. You look great. We need to understand that actually our words have power, but also we need to speak truth into life and not make false oaths. We need to speak the truth. A deeper reason for this prohibition that we weren't allowed to do that is God is the one living reality to Israel. And when his name is involved in oaths, usually the formula is, as surely as Yahweh lives, that's what they used to say, 2 Samuel 2 verse 27. 
if that doesn't happen, you bring the name of God down. Did you know as a Christian, as a Christ follower, if your lifestyle, if your language does not reflect God, you undermine the character of God? Did you know that? And you know this phrase because you've had this in the workplace. Because people say, oh, I thought you were a Christian. Do you know what they're actually saying? That doesn't look like God to me. We're an image bearer of God. We're a representative of God in our community. So our words, our lifestyle should reflect the character and the identity of God. So here's the second thing. Let us make a decision to speak good words and to speak the truth this week. And finally, let's not misrepresent the character of God. I want to invite you to live by your words to represent God in the workplace, to represent God in the family, to represent God in the community by which how you speak one to another. Do not misuse the name of the Lord. The name of Yahweh. Let's just kind of focus a little bit on the name of God. Yahweh Elohim, the supreme God, the God who is majestic, the God is all powerful. Do not misuse my name. Do not misuse my identity. Represent me. Speak as if I would speak. Say as if I was saying those words for I'm a powerful God. Philippines 2 verse 9 says this, God is highly exalted him talking about Jesus, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Have you ever prayed in the name of Jesus? Do you end your prayer, whatever you're asking, in the name of Jesus? Have you ever stopped to know what that means? It's not like Alibaba 40 thieves and go, open sesame. If I say in the name of Jesus, who's ever prayed that and it's not happened? Your prayers have not been answered. Let me tell you what it means to pray in the name of Jesus. You are praying. Jesus knew this when he was about to go to the cross. He said, not my will, but yours. It's the same version of this. When we pray in the name of Jesus, we are praying according to the character and the authority and the sovereignty of Jesus. I'm going to pray in this. Is this your will? How many pray in your own name? We actually say, God, God, this is what I want you to do. I want you to do this, and I want you to do that. I want you to do that. That is not prayer. That is you telling God how you feel. There's a difference. When we pray in the name of Jesus, we're saying, God, what is your will? I'm praying your divine will and purpose into this life. I'm praying your authority into this situation. I'm praying your sovereignty over this situation that I am praying. I'm praying for you to work and I'm asking you to intercede. I I believe that praying in the name of Jesus is like a key and Jesus is the key. And we put the key into the door and we open the door to the character of God. We open the door to the identity of God. We open the door to the power of God. We open the door to everything and it's like a light suddenly bursts into our room and suddenly starts to shine on the situation that we're in. You're not praying in your own strength. You're not praying in your own authority. You're not praying in your own ability or your own desire. You're actually saying, God, what do you want to do in my life? And let me tell you, when you start to pray that, you're going to start to see miracles in your life. Jesus said this, your kingdom come. 
your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How many of us start to move, if we're going to change our words, that we actually start to speak the identity of God over people? When I'm speaking, is that something that God would say? When I'm praying, is that something God wants to happen? You know, let's stop borrowing God's name to get our right way. There's a little thing that we shouldn't do at Riverside, by the way. And uh, sometimes we, we kind of ban this phrase, Aaron says. It's when people kind of borrow, you know, oh, you know, Aaron's asked me to tell you to do this, isn't it? You know, there's this borrowed authority, which is fine if it's true. But sometimes somebody said, Aaron, did you say, well, I don't know, no, I don't think I said that. No, because it didn't sound like you. But by the time it's got out there, suddenly people misuse and actually they're borrowing authority. And we, and we do that with God. There's a lot of people, by the way, in this church who do stuff for the church. They have a purpose, they have a function, and they're given a key. You're a key holder. You've signed our key holder's policy. You're given a key because there's a purpose and because you need access. And in access, that you've all got authority and influence within the purpose which he has granted. If he decided to take that key and have house parties in the church without my knowledge of that, that's acting outside of your authority. You understand that? Because we're called in Christ, we get sometimes arrogant that we suddenly forget who God is in our life. And we start doing something and we borrow God's authority because we start owning that. It's not ours to own. We're owners of the will of God. We're owners of the identity of God. So taking the name of God in vain is to know who he is and then to live that out. Particularly with our words and our actions. Band, I'm going to ask you to come up if that's okay. Jesus said this, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's an incredibly powerful statement for us as Christians. Did you know that? Because Jesus said to you, you know, you're my follower. And I've called you to make a difference in this world. I've called you to advance my kingdom. And I want you to be part of this. I'm going to give you a key. And I'm going to give you a key, which means you have the power to speak over that. Not what you want, but what I want. And so you can bump into people who are having a rough time, who are having a dark day, who are held down by either sin or by sickness or by depression and darkness. And you can look at them and say, God, what is your will for this person? And, and you, as you start to think and pray about that, God, God's will is I want to pray. I want to set them free. And so when we understand that authority, we can pray and we say, in the name of Jesus, be free. It's not my authority. But it's God suddenly says, we're now in alignment. We're now in connection. We can now start to see changes in our life. And suddenly God is flowing through you because you're acting on behalf of God. You're speaking on behalf of God. You are loosening something. You are binding something in a spiritual dynamic. Did you know you're spiritual beings? We're going to take the name and not take God's name in vain. We also need to take God's name for the way it's been intended to speak life into death scenarios to speak the plans of God over the situations you're going to bump into this week and God said let there be light have you ever wondered there's a divine connection between the word of God and the will of God 
You can't separate them. When you know what God is saying, you can speak God's Word out, and that is going to come to pass because you're speaking God's Word into situations. Do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. That is irreverently, in false affirmation, or in ways that impugn the character of God. For the Lord will not hold guiltless, nor leave unpunished the one who takes His name in vain. The one who disregarded its reverence and its power. So here's a challenge this week. Let us speak life. Let's watch our words. Let's weigh our words. Let's win with our words. Let's not blaspheme. Let's not make a false oath. Let's not misrepresent God's character. But let's speak well. You know when you speak well of God, you know what you're doing? You're worshiping. Let's speak the truth with grace in loving honesty. And let's speak words that reflect the identity of God. Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all of the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So two questions for you. Do my words reflect the identity of God? And do my words build the community of God. Let's pray. I'm going to pray corporately, if that's okay. I'm going to pray as we are one people. God, right now, would you reveal your words and your laws and your ways into us as your people? that our words as a church, as a community, would be words that tell others of your identity and your character and your will and your ways. But we also pray that our words would build the community of God. Forgive us for misrepresenting you. And invite us into speaking life over one another. That we will not engage in gossip or pulling others down or tearing each other apart or bringing disunity to your people. But we will speak words of life and encouragement and blessing. We might grow in this area. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.